Hello and welcome to the Growing Your Peace of Mind podcast. My name is Wing Ming Choi, and in this podcast, I will be discussing general life experiences that we all go through as human beings, what helps us deal with them, and how to grow your peace of mind so that we can all be our best, happiest, and most importantly, our most peaceful selves. Let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome everyone to episode eight of my podcast, Growing Your Peace of Mind. Uh, I just want to start by saying uh, how good George's episode and Ade's episodes were uh, when they recorded theirs. I recorded them before I recorded this podcast, so I haven't had a chance to thank them yet. But massive well done to them and a massive thank you to both of them from me. I very abstractly, before I introduce my guest, want to mention this idea. I say idea. The importance of having self-awareness. I was listening to an episode of Case Kenny's podcast, uh, New Mindset Who This, and he his podcast genuinely talks about relationships and not necessarily romantic ones, it can be friendships as well. And he talks about what you should look for in someone on a general basis. He did an episode very recently called The Love You Deserve, and this can be translated into romantic or friendships, whatever. He essentially said that you should be with someone or be friends with people who keep their word. If, for instance, you know, life gets in the way and your partner or your friend or your prospective partner cancels or breaks their promise or they haven't spoken to you for a while because they've been really busy, etc. It's about them having that self-awareness to say, yeah, the way I treated her or him was not a good thing to do. So I'll try and make it up to them and kind of keep my word to them that we will do what we were meant to do. Uh, another example would be that, oh, I'm aware that I crossed their boundaries, that I didn't treat them well that day. So I'll, I'm going to keep my word and make sure that despite me doing that, I'll make sure that next time I try not to do that again. So, you know, you want someone who's, who is real. Someone might unintentionally hurt you, but the reality is you kind of deserve a partner or a friend who is aware of that and takes action to do it right, as I just said. You know, essentially having that self-awareness to recognize that they did something wrong or hurtful. Um, and this kind of comes back to what I said about friendships in George's episode, um, dealing with setbacks. People can accidentally hurt others, right? But in my view, I think you deserve someone who has that self-awareness to realize that they've done this, so to speak. So self-awareness for me is very, very important in all types of relationships, friendships, family relationships, etc. So this episode is on regrets. Uh, not a not a light topic, but um, you know, I actually talk a lot on this podcast about going through your feelings, going through your emotions, going through the horrible, depressing times in your life in order for you to come out of it the other side, to give yourself that kind of confidence, resilience, trust. And also perhaps being able to habituate your mind to your negative thought patterns and beliefs, you know, so you can kind of see things a bit more clearly. I think regrets is completely different because you kind of realize, right, through my own beliefs and through my own perception, I've messed up here. I will never be able to take back what I've said. I will never be able to reverse what I've done. And by the time you realize this, more often than not, it's going to be too late to even do anything about it, you know? And 
I personally have so many questions on this for my guests and, and for myself. Um, how do we reframe regrets? Can we reframe regret? You know, and I think what I'll try to do in this podcast episode is I'll try and talk about my experiences in quite a lot of detail so I can really get an answer from my guests. So just a bit of a trigger warning here. <laughs> but having said that, I think we can all as we can all as human beings kind of relate to the fact that we all have regrets in our lives and regrets that we sometimes wish we could take back. So my guest today is Rebecca Felton, and I have a lot of admiration for Bex because she has been through a lot of difficult times in her life and has had to deal with tough times in her life, tough moments, and almost, I almost think things that you only hear about in dramas sometimes. So yeah, I'm looking forward very much to recording this one with Bex. So thank you to her for coming on and I'll speak to you all after my chat with Bex. I am now honoured to be joined by the one and only Miss Rebecca Felton. Bex, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thank you for coming on on a dark, uh, late Wednesday evening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. But I'll check with you, Bex. So obviously, I know you as Rebecca Felton and your nickname is Bex. But I also know you have other nicknames like Becky. (laughs) Bex with a CKS. Bex with an X. Rebecca. (laughs) Rebs. Which one is it? <laughs> Which one is it? But it's, it's one of those things that it's like, if you've got a name like Rebecca, people just make it their own. So literally don't mind anything. Um, yeah, the Rebs thing came from Jenna. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that even started. Okay. But um, I always feel like I'm in trouble when people call me Rebecca, though. Um, but yeah, Bex is, Bex is my favourite. So you're all good. So you get nightmares when someone says Rebecca to you. It's all nice. And I feel like my mum's telling me off. Yes, yeah, I get that. Yeah, my dad used to say, <laughs> my dad used to say, I chow him in. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, I just want to say also, I'm so glad that there's, there's a Man United fan in modern in the modern time. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's quite rare now. It's quite rare now. It's quite sad times actually. It takes a lot of commitment, doesn't it? Oh God, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Yeah, but so this podcast episode, Rebecca, is um, on regrets and kind of like, I think, I really know you, uh, but I, I know you enough, should I say, and I think you're someone who I think has a lot of experience in life and kind of has gone through a lot of times in your life where it's been difficult and stuff. So that's kind of really why I want to get you on this episode, because I think you're, you're, you're also very eloquent when you speak, so you're able to kind of articulate things uh, really oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, like, in terms of regrets, I think uh, in George's episode, which I know you listened to, uh, the, least, the recent one, the setbacks, he said that you should look at setbacks as opportunities you know he said it quite a few times uh he said oh i think setbacks give you an opportunity to change your life look at yourself better be kinder to yourself be more positive and kind of have a better outlook on life but i do wonder Bex, you know like on openly speaking like how we can interpret regrets you know like, i'm not sure whether regrets are lessons you know i'm not sure whether regrets are character affirming whether you can learn things from them you know, and I think also with regrets, like, it's so weird. Like, you can regret something you wish you did, you know, like, oh, I wish I'd done this better. I wish I'd done that better. But then you can regret stuff like saying, oh, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't say this, you know. So it's just, it's almost anything can be regret, can't it, basically? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I think regrets are a hard one because, like, 
like you said, you can either regret stuff that you've done. And, you know, for me, regret in that sense is like wishing you, you know, wishing you could take something back or, you know, a decision you've made. And then there's also a whole nother type of regret, which might be, you know, not taking opportunities or things that you wish you had done. And I feel like that's a really difficult type of regret as well, because your mind kind of like runs like astray and you think oh you know what would my life look like if I had done this or I'd done that so yeah I think regret a really complicated thing mm. do you think regret is the kind of um fear is it is it like you regret something because you're fearful of losing it or not having it do you think like what you just say example by that you know oh, I, I, I regret not doing this because my life could have been a bit different you know do you, I think is, do you think that's what regret is about fear of losing something you didn't have yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, I think fear has, I've never really thought about it. But I think, you know, for example, you look, you know, when you look back on like relationships, you remember not enjoying them at the time, and you kind of have a fear of like, I guess people just like, for me, like, I always look back, if I was going through a really bad time in my life, or I was, you know, going through a hard time, I look back and I think, Oh, I really missed that period of my life. And I remember at the time, I thought it was the worst thing. So I feel like, you know, people do fear losing stuff and then regret in terms of future decisions. I think like you you fear making the wrong decision. So I think that that's linked with regret as well. Mm. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about it like that. But yeah, I think you're right. Because you told me a few days ago, you said to me that you're, you know, you're not the best at making big decisions. You know what I mean, because obviously it's such a big thing in life, isn't it? Having to make that big step up or, or moving on or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, that's like, I don't really believe in like star signs and things. But one thing I do believe in is that like, you know, you have specific traits that are linked to your star signs. So like, I'm a Libra. And apparently, the main thing about being a Libra is you're massively indecisive. And like, mm. I relate to that a lot. So whenever I'm faced with a big decision, I'm always so terrified about making the wrong one and thinking about the outcome that I kind of really struggle and like it leaves me really paralyzed. So I don't know, like a good example of that lately is obviously I'm, as you know, I moved from London to Manchester mm. um, and I uprooted my whole life. And for me, I was like, it was, it was, you know, such, such a big decision. And I was like, oh, what if it all goes wrong? Or what if I don't like it? And that kind of linked to regret in the sense that I read a really interesting article a few months ago and it really helped me. And one of the quotes I picked up from it was, it's linked to regret. And it says, would you, would you rather say what if or oh well? So would you rather say, you know, what, what if I took that opportunity? So for me, it'd be what if I, you know, took that opportunity to move to Manchester mm. or, or oh well, as in, you know, or I took that opportunity and it didn't work out, but oh well. So mm. I think for me, like it's, that helps me with the regret because when I'm faced with an opportunity that I'm scared of taking, I normally go with the, I'm going to take the opportunity and if it doesn't work out, then oh well. Mm. It kind of takes away the power that the fear that can be generated, the fear that can be generated. So it takes away that kind of power and that kind of like, you can say, you know what, if it doesn't work out, it's what it is. And you take away that fear of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, what if, or oh well? I think that's a, you've already said something that I'll take away from this episode. So. <laughs> I should stop now then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm saying full name Rebecca Felton. I know they like it. <laughs> so, Bex, <laughs> when you when I say the word to you, I know you said something that you haven't really thought about it in terms of fear, but when I say the word regret to you, uh, what does that mean to you as a person? That word. It's one of those things that it's so hard to describe it without using the word 
regret itself but to me it, it kind of a sadness or a dissatisfaction with something you've either done so an action that you've regretted or something you've said or done or you know kind of a sadness that you hadn't hadn't taken up a certain opportunity so it's something you've so, so something you've either done or failed to have done and you're unhappy with the outcome i think is the best way i would describe it yeah unhappy with the outcome yeah is that something when you say unhappy with the outcome is that just in this context of regrets do you mean unhappy as in like shoot at the time i really uh i'm unhappy that i've done this or do you, do you mean like in the future in a few years time you look back and think i'm still unhappy with what i did there and kind of you know that kind of thing i think it can be both you know because it's there's i think time is a good is, is an amazing way to reflect on your decisions and things but i think it's more i guess the better way of describing it for me is like regret is often you know, a time where i'll think I've let myself down or I've fallen short of my science standards or mm. I haven't acted in the way I like, you know, I, I, I know that I'm a better person than that. That's kind of how I feel regret really. Yeah. Um, but you're right though. You can look back at things that you thought were right at the time and have regret in that sense. But, but yeah, for me, it's kind of like, Oh, I've let myself down as a person here. That's how I most feel regret. Yeah. What about, what about you wing? I was actually about to say that before. Uh, I was going to say that when you said I've let myself down as a person, that I've, I've written here, you've disrespected yourself. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's a really good way of explaining it. Yeah. Because I was just trying to think. I was trying to think like when someone says I let myself down, it's like what is it about that phrase? What well, about that kind of thinking? Is that what you've done is you kind of disrespected yourself. You kind of disrespected your boundaries and your values by doing or not doing what you did because you kind of like you kind of like let your I don't know adrenaline in the moment perhaps fear kind of take over you right yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah so in terms of how i see regret it's quite an interesting one for me it's about things that you say and things you didn't say that you can't reverse i know this because in my in my own personal life people have said things to me which i haven't forgotten um that i kind of look back and think because you've said and done that Probably, probably not in a probably a bit more bit of a grudge way, but it's like I'll never look at you you or the same again. I mean, I'll give an example. Like I've been told to man up. Uh, what? Yeah, when when I when I when I hear things like that, when people say that to me, I obviously I don't like it because it's again it's what I said to you, I said before about you kind of hold men up to a high standard, you know, for, for whatever reason uh, for society. Yeah, uh, and it's just uh, for me, regret is. If it was for me, it'd be people that say things to me or don't do things for me that I remember. So for me, it's when I do the same thing to other people, when I have acted in anger, when I've acted in kind of adrenaline or I've let my own resentment build towards that person or I've said something, maybe not as a joke, not as a joke, but I've essentially let my own kind of, what you said, I've disrespected myself. Like I've spoken to someone rudely or just doing things which leads to like a loss of a friendship uh loss of a breakup you know because of insecurities whatever so when i think of regret i think of kind of not putting my emotions ahead of my rational mind yeah i think yeah i mean that's that's a really good way of putting it and i think that's why they say you know like don't send a text when you're angry or 
you know like so you can think with your rational mind because like we're obviously really like emotional human beings aren't we so mm. i think i'm i'm definitely guilty of that like mm. i'm like half irish quarter scottish and quarter greek so like mm. it, it's in me to have like a a little bit of a temper so yeah. i'm one of those people it's like if something you know if someone annoys me i always have to like step away from the situation yeah. and come back when you're calm because otherwise you definitely say things you regret yeah you're a quarter greek yeah oh wow i know you can't tell because i'm um yeah my cousins are also a quarter greek and they've got all like the lovely tanned jeans and i've got a uh, i've got the pasty irish jeans, sadly <laughs> but yeah i am a quarter greek you just wouldn't know it yeah, i never knew that rebecca felt it i never would have never guessed yeah such a greek name yeah. i think also in terms of regrets like it's interesting when you say, oh, we're all emotional human beings and you have to take a step back, sometimes your, emo- your emotions are that high or that angry or that vengeful, whatever, in that moment. There's a reason for that. It hasn't, your body hasn't just reacted in that way. And as you said, perhaps you'll get things you say from it, but your body hasn't reacted that way for no reason at all. So yeah. you've obviously been in your maybe not in your conscious mind but your subconscious mind you've obviously believed that you've been triggered or that you've been disrespected and i think that's that's the thing when i look back at things in my life i regret i've always said to myself as well like women you reacted that way for a reason you didn't just react that way because you're angry because you're angry or whatever you reacted that way for a reason and there's something behind it so it's the thing like when you say that we're emotional human beings there's a reason for that yeah that's what i think anyway i don't know yeah you're talking about like the kind of flight fight response that's kind of triggered a little bit yeah it's like it's almost like oh you're angry here because someone says something to you or whatever right there's a reason for that you're not just angry because you're an angry person there's a reason yeah for it. and if it's come, if it comes to someone who you especially who you know uh there might be reason there might be like something about the characteristics that has triggered you and you kind of let that boil down or boil, or boil over you know so there's a reason why your emotions have been triggered yeah no that makes sense yeah all right, Bex, my next question for you is, uh, can Rebecca give an example of a regret slash regrets in her life that she looks back on and thinks, oh, damn it, I wish I'd done it differently. Even now, you know, is there, you know, is there anything in particular that you kind of think, yeah, I should have done things a little bit differently in my life? Uh, it's a complicated question, but yes yes and no. I think the, the first time I really kind of experienced anything regret and that I'd wish I'd done things differently in my life is really probably to do with my career so Mm. I've as you know wing like I've obviously just qualified and I'm 30 now and I feel like compared to a lot of my friends who a lot of them aren't in law they're kind of nurses or teachers and friends are like settling down and getting married and buying houses and having babies and I literally still feel like an 18 year old in comparison like Mm. uh, at school like I just didn't really apply myself to my studies and I was like one of those kids that I was quite sporty and I did a lot of dancing outside school so I think I trained for like 14 hours a week or something silly wow um yeah so I like danced competitively I did like Irish dancing and ballet and modern tap and stuff and then between that and then seeing my friends and seeing my boyfriend like I didn't have much time for school I really hated it so Mm. when I went to uni I just did English because I thought I don't know what else to do I quite enjoy it I had like a party for three years <laughs> and then afterwards I was like oh I should probably decide what I want to do with my life and I thought oh yeah like I'll maybe I'll go into law that's a stable career 
and you know I'm not I'm kind of smart and I mm. think I didn't think it would be a walk in the park but I think I was in for like a massive wake-up call as to how difficult it would be mm. like it's just like you know how competitive it is it's mm. It's not um it's not enough just to be like the cleverest in your class. You have to stand out and have all this experience behind you. So it took mm. me it took me a really, really long time once I decided to do law to get a training contract. Mm. It took me five years um of trying I think so, you know, and then I had to build my you know, build my C V up with experience and like paralegaling and I couldn't mm. even get a legal internship mm. time. I felt like really frustrated. And like really left behind and thought like, mm. I understand why I can't, um, I'm not, my life is like not progressing at the same rate as everyone else's. And I felt really negative about it and like really bitter about it for a long time. Mm. But I think there was a, there was a, you know, like George said, you can kind of flip every situation on its head and look mm. at the positives as well. Cause I did finally get when I did five years of paralegaling at really good law firms and like mm. had a wealth of experience behind me. So by the time I started, I was a much, much better lawyer mm. than I would have been. And for someone like me who like struggles with, well, I did struggle with confidence and things. Actually, all that paralegal experience was a positive and it means I'm a much better lawyer now, but I yeah. just, at the time, I couldn't see past the frustration. So I felt a lot of regret then, to be honest. Yeah. Two points. I think being a lawyer, nine tenths of it is just being able to communicate effectively, isn't it? I think that's <laughs> yeah. when you're a paralegal that you learn so much about how, how to communicate with other side, your seniors, you know, just your colleagues. And that's the that's like nine tenths of the being a lawyer, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Second of all, uh so I had a question for you when you were talking. Uh how do you look at that moment or period in your life now? when you said that you were a bit frustrated with yourself, negative about yourself as a person, how do you look, I know it's very, I know it's still probably quite recent, but how do you look back at it now? That moment, those moments? Like, I think now I look back at it like, and think to myself, like, you know, yes, it was super frustrating, but like, I can see, I th I feel like, not that it was meant to happen for a reason, but I can see the good in it. And I, it, it's the first time I really failed at something. I hadn't ever failed at anything that I put my mind to before. I think it taught me like resilience and it taught me like it's okay to not be good at something and it's okay not to succeed at something. I think for me it was just like going to assessment centres, like learning the kind of types of tasks that you'd be asked to do and you know, there's like it's all a skill, like interviewing's a skill, presenting's a skill. So it was like I always was able to do it. It was just about learning a new skill and like I just learned a bit of grit from it. So I look back and think, ah, it all makes sense. I can see why I went through all that now. And I'm glad that I did. Mm. But at the time when you're in it, it's really hard to be positive, I think. Uh, I think an analogy I can give, kind of like, in terms of regrets, is like, will you in the future? It, so it sounds really par paradox-like, but in the future, will you regret that you didn't fail or regret that you did fail? And based on what I've heard from people on this podcast, from yourself, from George, it sounds like, people should regret when they don't fail. Does that make sense? Like if people don't go through tough times or difficult times in their lives, then they're going to struggle when, when the going gets tough. That's yeah. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's the thing. Failure and, and all of that kind of stuff is so necessary because that's when you kind of learn what you're made of and that's when you're really tested. And I think that builds a lot of like moral character. So it's definitely necessary. So 
yeah, like failure is good in a way, as bizarre as that sounds. Yeah. My best mate, Neil, who was the um, first episode on this podcast, he taught me so much about how resilient human beings are and how character affirming people uh, people are generally. Just because what makes you, uh, I say tough, what makes you a resilient person or makes you a compassionate, kind person is how you deal with the difficult times in your life. And obviously, I know that you have gone through a lot of difficult times in your life. And I look at you and think, you know, Bex has got a positive outlook on things and she looks at things, not all the time, but she can see it, these things positively and just like, you know, how kind of person you are. I can see that in you. I can see that you've take, taken, that you've gone through difficult times in your life, but it doesn't affect your outlook or your mindset because, you know, it's a part of life going through these difficult times and regretful times. Yeah, like, I mean, it. I think like I'm very good at being positive for other people. So when other, I think having gone through difficult times in the last few years, I think whilst it's been really difficult, I think it's allowed me to be more empathetic towards other people. And so like one of the positives I've taken from that is I'm very good at helping them be resilient and helping them, you know, get through things and see the positive and maintain a positive outlook. Like I would 100% be lying and say, you know, you know, if I said I'm always a positive person, but, um, but yeah, like I think, you know, I think the things I've kind of been through the last few years have kind of taught me that, you know, life's short and you just have to do your best with the hand you're dealt type thing. I agree with that. So when you talk about your career and stuff and you said that you didn't um, apply yourself to your studies that much at school and then you chose law to get stable. It's so weird that when I, when I um, did a S levels, I didn't do very well. Um, I did really badly actually. And when I did A2, I ended up with ABB and I got into Sussex University. Uh, That's so great, yeah, great university. And um, but for some reason, when I had gone to university, in the back of my mind, I thought, ah, I shouldn't have gone here. I should have stayed behind. Um, I kept thinking for some reason, oh, women, you're so close to AAA, you should have stayed behind and got AAA. And could have gone, for instance, maybe gone to Reading, maybe gone to UCL or that kind of thing, right? And but so at the time I was very regretful about that. But I still enjoyed I still enjoyed uni, you know. But at the time I was a bit regretful about that. But I look at my life now and think I perhaps would not be where I am now in terms of like being a trainee solicitor, having the experience I have, made, making the, made the friends that I have, um, you know, had the past relationships I've had as well. And I obviously had experiences I've had. I probably wouldn't be here without those. So, you know, it's, 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 I wouldn't say it's a regret. It's a kind of interesting, like, you know, what if I had chosen to stay behind a year, you know? Because, like, as you said, if I did have a train contract right now, if I wasn't a, a training solicitor, would I look back at that time with regret? Yeah, I mean, why did you redo your AS level? Just because you weren't happy with the grade you got? Yeah, I, I honestly thought I could get AAA. And then from then on, I could go to, a like, a better university. But I, and I said that, I look at my life now and think, as you said, about not everything has a reason or the stars align, but I just, I wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have the experience I had at Sussex, if I didn't have the experience I had when I was a uh, paralegal, if I'd gone somewhere else in the third year. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I think life life works in mysterious ways sometimes. But I don't, again, I, don't, I don't know whether that's a regret. I don't know whether that's, perhaps, is it my attitude towards getting a train contract? Is it the fact that I... How is, that? is it the fact that I'm putting all my eggs in the basket of a train contract that leads to regret? Or is it the fact that I keep thinking, oh, my life could have been different, that leads to regret? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know whether yeah. that's... Yeah. I feel like, 
I'm glad you didn't go back for like firstly I'm glad you didn't go back and redo it because like you know you've ended up exactly where you wanted to be mm. and I feel like maybe you're a bit like me like for me like I didn't realize this until like a few years ago but like apparently I am like a classic perfectionist but it sounds like mm. you are too mm. but but like you know like I think it just goes to show that like you don't like not, you don't need to be perfect and like for me I think at the time I can kind of relate to you like I at, when I was applying for my training contracts and I was up against all these people from Oxbridge and I, I wasn't getting any responses because mm. I went to a good uni but not one of the best. Like, I was like, oh, I wish I got my head down and, you know, applied to one of those unis or applied to Oxbridge. But then when I went to Lancaster and um, that's where I met my partner. So mm. had I gone there, had I gone to Oxbridge, I wouldn't have met him. So, yeah, you're right. Life does work in, like, a funny way. Exactly. It's, it's so funny. I always, um, I said this to George, actually. Yes, um, so you, used to, you said you look at your life, you know, you had a bit of regrets and a bit of uh, frustration that it took so long to kind of get a train contract, etc. I can, I can put those years of difficulty into five words. Look where you are now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's that simple. I, I can take your five years or whatever years of difficult times of suffering and just say to you, look where you are now. And that's it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's so hard to look, as you said, at the time and not be so regretful about choices you've made, stuff you've chosen to do or something like that, because at the time you just can't see it, can you? Exactly. I think hindsight's a great thing. And I think just having having faith that things will work out, you will be okay in the end. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. I also kind of regret a little bit as me at university. Like I wasn't as social as I should have been at university. I, I think I was quite homesick at first because I'd never like moved out of home ever and i was also a bit insecure about having like the uni experience you know like you know going out all the time you know pulling you know, things like that i kind of like i kind of wish what i knew now about life and how life is just there to be enjoyed life is there to go through difficult times but as in there's a very good quote that i've heard that it's like life is suffering but don't suffer with it i like that yeah and it's just like i wish i knew now what i knew back then i wish i didn't have insecurities about oh i'm uh 18 i'm single uh, uh i need to make friends to go out and you know pull pull and that i just wish i saw it a little bit differently just i just saw it starting to be enjoyed rather than starting to kind of look back and not be as social and that kind of thing i just i wish i did but it's so hard to say now it's so hard to say isn't it as you said i was yeah. out a bit too much but like i think as you get older as well like being 18 when you're like that's a really difficult time in your life and I feel like I think as you get older like now I'm like 30 I'm like I don't really care what people think of me I don't care if I look a little bit silly but I think at the time like you know you're like mortified about what everyone thinks of you or if you embarrass yeah. yourself it's the worst thing ever where did you go clubbing in Lancaster <laughs> oh my god okay so yeah I mean it does it's not it's not as boring as it sounds we had this horrendous uh like uni club called the sugar house i think it was meant to be like sugar heart in essex but like a, a cheap spin-off of it yeah. <laughs> and it just smelled of feet and it was <laughs> the worst thing but you know when you're that drunk you don't care and then like there was on a really really bad night if you're really drunk you'd, you'd go to Morecambe, um which is a yeah you're not missing out if you haven't been there basically but um but yeah it was a there were one pound drinks so i couldn't complain at the time did you meet Jack and Sugar Hut? Or the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I met I met I met Jack at, um, at third year in third year of a uh, uni, and really weirdly, like we met. So his friend Adam and uh, 
who he lived with and my friend Stacy who I live with they were a couple and they'd been a couple for like eight years mm. and we me and Jack hadn't met until third year but he ended up coming around to a house party around mine um in Freshers Week of third year and that's how I met him but um yes we did go we did have our first kiss in Sugar Hut it was great <laughs> what smelling of feet oh that's great Bex that's great so so romantic <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in terms of regrets, I'll I'll talk about it a second about um my ex and stuff, you know, because I've told you about you know stuff going on generally. Yeah. Uh, but the next question for you, Bex, uh, which will kind of segue into maybe a little more, maybe not not deep, but a bit more personal, uh, mm-hmm. is I've written here: is there could be more than one? Uh, is there one regret that Rebecca just cannot look past? And I, I emphasize the word "cannot" there, and is still being self-critical about to this day by yourself, and you could answer that if you want to you could also say to me like what you do differently but having said what discussing what we have discussed today just is there anything that you look back and just think i i just i'm so critical of myself and i i still can't see what i could have done differently do you know what i mean Jeremy, just like, is there anything in particular that you think that you still look at yourself and think what was i doing there what was i thinking there yes there is i mean we're we're, go- we're, we're gonna get deep but i feel like that's okay because we're uh, we're pals and i feel like if I can help one person who listens to this by like sharing, I will. But um, yes, there is definitely like a huge, a huge thing that I still look back on. And like, you know how George kind of said, you know, you can look at anything and see the positives. And I think this is one thing where I look back on and I think it was, you know, regrets that you think they're just pure mistakes and lessons to be learned. And you can't, you can't flip them and see the positive from it. So I, I, yeah, I do have one of those and you probably already know what I'm going to talk about, but it's to do with my dad really. Mm. Um, but yeah, as you know, like he, um, he passed away in, in 2020 in December, like when we were working together during my training contract. And, um, I know that you know that, but like, I don't know if I ever told you like the lead up to that situation, um, mm. or not, no. but, um, okay um but yeah i'll just give i'll just i'll just give you some context but um yeah basically like my my dad was like really sick from when i was a kid so when i was about nine Mm. um so he'd been ill my whole life really and um he had like type 1 diabetes so he was diagnosed with that when he was 15 um and i don't know how much you know about it but it's like not a very it's not a very well understood illness Mm. um so it's basically all to do with your pancreas and either you don't produce insulin or you don't produce enough. I think in this day and age, you know, it can be monitored and treated through like glucose and your diet and things like that. But at, at the time, um, if it's not treated well or, you know, you have it for a long time, it, it can start to attack all your organs. So that's kind of what happened to my dad. So I think when I was in like year five, he had a, um, he had a triple part bypass and then when I was at uni he had a, a kidney and a pancreas transplant and they had to go on dialysis because his transplant failed so he was like sick for a long time mm. I think as a result of you know he he was in and out of hospital so much that I think I became a bit numb to the situation if that makes sense yes I, yeah no I, I get that and I can feel that Do you know, every time I saw you I said how's your dad every time I could kind of see that as well I yeah think, yeah mm. And like some people would be like, I'd be talking about it like almost in like an unemotional way. And everyone would be like, you're right. Like you don't even seem to be upset. And it's not because I didn't care. I think it's just because, you know, like when you have to deal with something on a daily basis, you have to numb yourself 
to it a bit because otherwise you don't really get anything else done in life. Mm. So I think that's what I've done, but I think I kind of went too far with it in the sense that I kind of, you know, every time he was in hospital, whereas for example, say if someone who wasn't kind of used to that situation, if their dad was in hospital, they'd be really upset and they'd kind of put everything else on the back burner and they'd go and see them and stuff like that. I think with me, I just kind of, that was my norm. So yeah, in, in December, 2019, his, his, his like health took a turn for the worse. And, um, I got told by the doctor that, you know, he was, you know, he was, he didn't have very long left. Basically his, um, he had heart failure and he couldn't have a heart transplant because all of his arteries were blocked and there was nothing to connect it to. So he only had like one artery that was working. So the doctors had basically said like, you know, he's, you're going to be really lucky if he's here a year type thing. Mm. And I was obviously in the middle of my training contract and which, you know, I would spent so long trying to get. And I think, um, he went into hospital in my third seat, um, you know, just like a routine visit. And I was like really, really busy at work at the time. And, um, I kind of didn't really think anything of it. You know, he went in for like, he had fluid on his lungs or something. And I, I told my supervisor at the time, I was just like, just so you know, my dad's in hospital. Um, it's probably nothing, but if I do need to go to the hospital or whatever, just so you're aware, this is a situation. Mm. And, um, we weren't really allowed to visit because of, covid restrictions but i i remember i was working on this tribunal claim and um i was really really stressed and my phone went off and it was my dad and i was just in like this headspace where i felt like i couldn't talk to anyone and i was really stressed so i didn't pick it up and then about 10 minutes later like i checked myself and i was like what are you doing you need to call him back your dad's in hospital like stop being so self-absorbed like work and wait um so i called him back and we had like a really good chat and uh, that was about like 9 p.m. And then uh, at 6 a.m. I got a call from the hospital and he died. And like, I think obviously I was in shock and, and all of that. But I think that the one thing that kind of struck me was like, I so nearly didn't call him back. And um, like, even though I did, it just kind of made me look back at all the times where I'd kind of put work above my family or I wasn't really fully present or, mm. you know, times where I thought, oh, I have a really urgent deadline. I'll go and visit him tomorrow. Um, so it kind of just like was like a massive eye-opening moment for me where I like realized that I'd placed too much emphasis on life in the on the wrong things. Mm. So like that's something that like to this day, I can't really just think, oh, well, you know, I'm glad that happened because there was a positive that came out of that because I feel like it's, a, it's too fresh and B, there's just like some things in life where you're like, okay, I, I got that really wrong or that was a, you know, that was a really big lesson and I'm never going to do that again. Mm. And I think all you can do is kind of learn from it, like forgive yourself and kind of apply it. So, you you know, if, you, if you're ever faced with a similar situation in the future, you can kind of just learn from it and grow. So I think that's probably my biggest regret that I've had. I still have trouble looking back and think, oh, you know, I wish I, you know, I wish I'd acted differently. I've got the word um, neglect in my head. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one. It's a big one because I think life's so busy. You can kind of neglect the things that are like really, really important to you. Like that, that align with like your values because you're, you know, focused on a specific goal or something at the moment in the moment. So yeah, like for me, I, that's, that was kind of where a lot of my guilt came from because I was like, 
I feel like I neglected spending enough time with him towards the end because I was, you know, really busy with work. Mm. Yeah. And do you perhaps, as you said a second ago, do you now perhaps look at yourself with a bit more self-compassion, a bit more self-kindness in that, in that respect? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, and I also like, I think the main thing I, I like, it's hard for me. Like, I, I think I beat myself up quite a, for quite a long time after that happened. But like, I've tried to like show myself self-compassion in the sense that I've forgiven myself to the extent that I can, but also like showing my family and friends compassion. So when they're going through hard times, I, you know, even if I'm busy at work, or whatever it is, I'll, I'll try to make sure that I take the time out to be present with them and actually listen to them when they're speaking or, you know, like giving them a phone call because giving someone five minutes of your time can just, you know, make their whole day or, help them out you know and it's just I think it just made me realize that life's short and you know what's important I think you've done that for me recently as well yeah I mean like but yeah and I know that you would do the same for me I think I just felt like it's very easy I think I felt the regret was me becoming I think too self-absorbed in my own problems and stresses of everyday life to kind of be there for the people that meant a lot to me so that's something that I've tried to uh, to work on going forwards. Yeah. I think also, you know, I think it's interesting, like, I, it's obviously, it's all very personal, and obviously in terms of it's up to you how you see it, but, you know, what you've just told me, obviously, experience that you, you, you've been through and you're still going through and stuff, but it's so weird, like, I think you should be proud rather than regretful. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy for any individual, let alone someone who is a child at, like, nine years old, to go through a horrific time like that and have and as you said a second ago have to become numb to it you, you, not consciously not consciously but you no know, you have to kind of function if that's the right word and it's not easy for anyone even if you're an adult to go through that kind of experience at whatever age so i think you should be proud of yourself you know like and also be very proud that you also have this mindset of you understand not not what you did wrong but you understand things that you could have done better yeah and, yeah, and having said that, it's not something you should have done better, really, because what, what you didn't know at the time. You didn't know that at the time that um, it was that that day in particular that you mentioned to me earlier. That day was going to be knock on wood, you know, the day that everything happened. You didn't know that, and that's my point. Like you have learned, perhaps one of the big things that you've learned from everything in your life so far is kindness, compassion. Yeah. You know yeah exactly and I know that like I literally know that if my dad like could speak to me he'd be like don't be ridiculous like I'm proud that you've like gone on and completed your training contract whereas you know a lot of people would have just would have just crumbled after that happened Mm. so like 100% know that and I think yeah I think the main thing I've learned is like kindness to myself and other people who need it that mean that mean a lot to me so yeah I think that's my big one I mean do you have any like that that you kind of look back on and think oh I can't really get past it yeah uh recent it's a I can look back at uh, my my first ex probably five years ago uh I think with my first ex the regret I have was perhaps being too in my head and being too uh you could perhaps say puppy love a little bit too like that and yeah putting her on a pedestal too much and putting her you know as a high value when the reality is that she perhaps didn't see me in the same way and you know, perhaps, oh, well, she did, she cheated on me. So, yeah, but it just perhaps didn't see me in the same way. Um, uh, oh, there's one ra- very random thing, which I still, I think it was yesterday. <laughs> when, when I was 12, 13, obviously, you know, 
going through changing my body and stuff. And I remember my mum got fish and chips uh, for just around the corner and I had accidentally spilt the salt. Um, and <laughs> I then, for some reason, me and my stupid head went, when my mum has a go at me, I'm going to have a go at her back. <laughs> and I did. I just started crying. Oh, no! Yeah, so t- I, I, I told my mum about this around a month ago and to this, to this, she doesn't remember it. But to this day, I feel so guilty about that. Yeah, so oh. I, I feel so guilty because I was like, women, what on earth were you doing? Why on earth did you blame your mum for you pouring the salt just because you want to get yelled at, you know? And the kind of defensiveness kicks in at 12, 13. So yeah, so, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's not that I can change. I just can say to my mum, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really regret doing that. Like, she doesn't remember it. But I just regret making my mum feel that way because I was young. I was a boy, you know, perhaps not as respectful to my mum as I should have been. So that's, a, that's a big one for me because there's nothing I can do. I, I can't look back at that and think, I could have done better. I literally was just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's so crazy that that's like something that's stuck in your your head, and and it's something that your mom can't remember. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's just I just look, I look at my life now and think, women, I mean, how on earth did you let? Why, why on earth did you do that? That's what's probably the rudest thing you, what you've ever done to your own to your own mom. That's probably why. Uh, I think also in terms of my first ex, the regret I had, which I still am self critical about to this day is not staying no contact oh yeah that's a big one yeah i remember i i was in shock and she cheated on me and stuff i was in shock you know I was like, oh do you like him still blah blah blah, blah which i know she did obviously and then because it was my first time of a breakup i for for two weeks i didn't sleep and eat properly uh, it just wasn't right i just didn't feel right I'd, I'd never been through that before so i was like what's going on here um and then i think i contacted her and then Obviously, things did, things were worse by me doing that. So I regret to this day, and I still wonder why I did it. I, I get why I did it because obviously I was, you know, still emotional. You know, want to see things can happen, but I made myself worse. And perhaps I'm still suffering from that now, not respecting myself, not respecting my boundaries, and kind of putting someone else so high on my list when she obviously couldn't care less. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big one for me. And if I just give a very Recent example that I'm going to personal is obviously my uh, recent ex. is like I was playing tennis with uh, Neil and uh, it was it was 9 o'clock in the morning. It was really fun because Neil was really fun to play tennis with, you know, because he, he defends a lot and I have to attack, but then he attacks <laughs> me. So it's really, it was, it was a lot of fun. Imagine um, competitive as well. <laughs> oh, God. But, oh, okay. Before I move on to what I was about to say, my, one of my biggest regrets as well, I went to a, uh, for our firm, we went to a charity football match and I was just like very pumped up uh, be- uh, just because I saw everyone else getting very leery, we were we were we had a good team, but everyone else was so leery and so angry, and I remember being so angry as well. So, uh, and also you saw me play football once uh, at the firm. I did. You're uh, very good. <laughs> no, they're not really. They're not really. <laughs> you are. I mean, I I was running away from the ball most of the time, so I can't. I, you shouldn't really trust my judgment. But I thought you're pretty good. No, I remember George saying that. Uh, I better because uh, we we organised a recent one for the firm uh, now, and I remember George last week saying uh, yeah I bet Bex got stuck in <laughs> <laughs> and you did I remember that you did you did I tried <laughs> yeah. yeah so I was um I was playing tennis with Neil really fun and uh we had a bit of an issue the day before EMAX and then I played tennis with Neil and I was re- and we were, about, we were about to go away and I was really excited um to kind of go away with her you know just you know we had a bit of a bad day day before you know i did things wrong and and i kind of like oh let's just kind of go away and just you know just enjoy ourselves and kind of you know, get back to enjoying ourselves and 
I was really high on like adrenaline and like dopamine at the time. So just like tennis, I was about to buy you know treats to go on the to go away and stuff and kind of buy like nice snacks and stuff. And then she told me that she still she wasn't happy with what happened. Um, and I at that point got really angry. Uh, I became what you what is called a keyboard warrior, uh, and I said a lot of things that I shouldn't have said because I was so angry and just so because partly I think because I was quite high on dopamine because I just played tennis and I was really yeah. excited as well. But then I got down and I've seen that message. And if I if I could go back now and look at it with a rational mind, I would have been like, yeah, obviously. I mean, she obviously was upset. You know, listen to her, talk to her. Don't be so defensive don't be so angry uh and i'm sure that happened before in the past my first ex i'm just saying in this instance i can I, at the minute i'm remembering that and kind of by doing that vex by doing what i did by being a keyboard warrior you know being defensive you know like i've kind of lost respect for myself yeah that i fell into that kind of i let the anger get the better of me because basically because i didn't communicate properly because I, I was not willing, perhaps at that moment in time, to look at her with more respect and kind of validate her experiences better. So I look at, I look at myself with a lot of regret, yes, but also a lot of disappointment. Because I'm someone, as you know, Bex, like when you talk to me, I kind of, how put it this way, when, I talk, when you talk to me about something, I don't go, oh yeah, Bex, that reminds me of this, or when I did this, or when I did that, right? So I don't like talk about myself when you're telling me something. So, no. I, like, so I, like, I like validate your experiences and what you're going through. But at that moment in my life, at that moment, in that, in that 20 minutes, I lost my head and kind of really went on the defensive and really like disrespected her and invalidated her. And it had its consequences. So, you know, like, so I'm just at that point, I'm so regretful. The fact that I didn't respect my own values and treated someone not very well. So that's, that's a big regret I have. I, I, as I said to you with the startup podcast, I regret when I do things that I know the other person won't forget. Yeah, that's a big thing for me that I know that I've done something or said something or mistake or otherwise that I've done or said something or not done something that they will remember. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I find it really, really hard to ever imagine you losing your temper or angry because you're always so calm and collected. And like, if, I, if I'm having like a meltdown or something and I need like someone rational to like just hear me out and like make me feel calmer, like you're someone who comes to mind so I find it really really hard to imagine you being like that but I think like that also like goes to show that like everyone is imperfect and I feel like mm. the fact that you still feel like regret about that shows that you're a good person do you know what I mean and I feel like when you feel regret is a good thing in the sense that like yeah she might not she might not ever forget that but you're not probably not going to forget it either mm. and probably if you're ever faced with you know a a similar experience you know you feel really angry like that that experience will probably flash up in your mind and you'll think okay i don't want to feel like that again i don't want to make someone else feel like that again i'm just gonna mm. take myself away from the situation and come back and talk when i'm calmer so you will have learned from it so i think like when you feel regret for me it's like a sign that like you are a good person and like i think regret is necessary to grow because otherwise if you didn't feel the regret you'd keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again but do you think in that sense regret can also be almost be a bit too self-critical yeah i think so like i think sometimes like we regret things that like even if we haven't done anything wrong per se like you know if you if you make a decision that hurts someone feeling feelings for example like because you know it's the right thing that you need to do for you 
but it, but as a knock-on effect you hurt someone like you can mm. still feel regret but it doesn't necessarily mean you've done anything wrong so i think people do have a tendency to be too harsh on themselves yeah but i think like you know like self-care in the sense in the sense that like self-love and like forgiving yourself or also like respecting your boundaries and things like that is really important so i think it's quite a difficult balance to strike it's so hard to say at the time isn't it it's kind of like self-compassion self-care self uh, forgiving yourself respecting your boundaries it's so hard to say at the time isn't it yeah definitely definitely right that is very very neatly onto my next question next uh, is how we can reframe regret um i've got an example in the notes is that is how we reframe regret outcome based as in what you said what we said a second ago like oh we had kind of wished that we had done things a bit better in our educational lives but then look where we are now as budding training sisters and associates so is it is it outcome based how we can reframe regret or is it a case of like oh a regret is a regret regardless of the outcome you know how can we kind of reframe how we look at regret can it be reframed it's so difficult because like I don't know that it's outcome based, but I think like have you like I've I've always been like interested in the saying like always a lesson, never a mistake. I don't know if I believe that because I feel like you can make mistakes. Mm. But I feel like there is a lesson to come out of every single mistake or regret. Even if you don't end up regressing it in later life. So for example, I don't regret those five years I spent as a paralegal now because I'm a much better lawyer now. But at the time it did definitely make me think okay, like, you need to actually really, really want something and work a bit harder and really go for it if you want to achieve stuff in life. So I'd learnt the lesson at the time, but I still don't regret it now, if that makes sense. It's yeah. really difficult. What do you think? Isn't it a weird one? I think I, pars- I partially think regret is outcome-based. I mean, obviously, I told you about, you know, my past and stuff and, like, if yeah. I look back at the tough times I went through from the end of 2017 to uh, late 2018, look at where I am now. And not in a kind of arrogant way, it's just that I'm, I'm so lucky right now in my life to be where I am right now. So lucky. And I always think going through those difficult times where I was full of self-doubt, full of regret, full of positive thinking, full of, you know, just being regretful at mistakes I've made and how my life had turned out. I mean, one thing I remember very clearly actually was, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's really harsh, but I remember saying to myself, oh, women, when you were with your first ex, uh, you were so happy. But look, look at you now. I was like, oh, that's a bit, now look back at me, that's a bit harsh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thinking, that kind of regretful thinking is that, like, oh, if I was with someone else, I'd be so much happier in my life right now. Like, well, it's not, that's not true. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, you have that kind of thinking. And whilst, yeah. I, would, whilst I wouldn't say it's outcome based, I look back at, what George said and said, you always see eventually the positives in every mistake or regret you have or mistakes you've made and every lesson you've learned. Because that's an inevitable part of life, if you allow yeah. it to, inevitably you look back at yourself and think, I have resilience. Uh, I might have a, I, when a new challenge comes my way, I'll understand myself better. I understand how to deal with it. I understand perhaps I have to go through those emotions of regret, of self-doubt, maybe because I've been through it before and I'll do it again, and, you know, and I'll be okay. And there's quite a few quotes which I put in the notes, like uh, I got online that said, sometimes life gives you circumstances that simply have to be grieved with no way around that. This is interesting. I think it's something that you uh, relate to a bit more. Like every time a regret crosses my mind, I put my mind in something positive in my life. Yeah. As in you try and reframe it and kind of not see it as a negative thing. 
having some regrets is not a bad thing. They make you strive for better. If we didn't have them, we wouldn't grow spiritually either. So like uh, outlook based. It is your preconceptions of regrets that determine how they affect you, positive or negatively. Uh, I know I always say on this podcast, I think a big thing is having to go through the negative emotions to get to where you want to be. And it sounds like you've been through that as well. Yeah, like absolutely. Like, And I think there are some situations in life where there is no amount of positive thinking that is going to make you feel good. Like it's just, you know, some things just suck. Like, you know, if you lose a loved one or, you know, something like that, you know, I think at the time when my dad passed away, if someone, when, if someone, I was so angry at the world, if someone mm. came up to me, I think someone came up to me once and said it will get easier or something like they were trying to be comforting. And I, I just remember being so angry and thinking like, no, this is never going to get easier. I'm never going to be okay with the situation. Mm. And, but I think you were right. Like you do have to go through that, but I think there are, you can, you can shift your mindset with time. Like, yes, I'm still really sad. And, you know, there isn't a day that goes by when I don't miss him. But then I also try, every time I think that, and I think about how much I miss him, I think, how lucky am I to have someone that I loved that much that losing them was so difficult? Because some people, you know, never had, you know, never knew their dad, or some people don't have good relationships with them. Mm. Some people don't have any parents. So, you know, I think it's all about, you know, trying to focus on the good because there is light in most situations. So it sounds really cheesy, but that's what I try and do and try and focus on like the good memories when I feel sad. Definitely. As obviously, as you know, George's George's episode when she was like, um, the main thing for her that she was was like, oh, um, that you will laugh again. Yeah. That's a big one. And when Antoine, I think, I didn't think just Antoine's yet, but Antoine's one, um, he basically spoke about the idea that grief is all the unexpressed love that you have for the remainder of your life, you know? And I think if you perhaps can look at grief in that little bit where, you know, when you can look at regrets and stuff, it's like, you know, you can regret a lot of things. You will regret a lot of things that you perhaps did, that didn't say or did say, but then knowing that, you know, when they pass, you can keep expressing your love for them, even when they're not here. I really like that. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, no, Andrew, that's Andrew Garfield. That's not me. <laughs> I was going to say you should have taken credit. I'd be like, Wing, you're so wise. <laughs> I was thinking also, like, um, reframe regret. I've written here my notes. I've written self acceptance, as in, like, can we just accept that the can we accept? Can we? Yeah, that's, that's right. Ray. Can we just accept that the regret's been done? Uh, can I think we you have to. Yeah, yeah like so. for me, like reframing regret, like. I think when you like, for example, I don't know, say take, take your, you know, the situation you meant, you know, you mentioned about your ex, like everyone does things. I've done the same thing. I've acted in relationships where I've hurt people and I've felt like huge regret. But I think, I feel like it's like similar to the grieving process, you know, like there's various stages. So like for me, like in order to move on from regret, it's like the first thing you need to do is like acknowledge it, like reflect on about, you know, reflect on what you did or what you didn't do that made you feel that way. Yeah. Like, what did you say? What did you do? Why, why was it wrong? And why do you regret it? And that's like a huge thing because if you just avoid it and don't think about it, like you're not going to go through the process. Yeah. And then like the next one's the hardest one. I think it's like self is forgiveness because, the, and this is like quite cheesy, but when you told me about this article, like 
I read I read I read up on regret and like what other people had to say about it and it was a really like interesting uh was it a quote that I read that basically said like if you were faced say for example you made a mistake like a year ago mm. and say today you were faced with exactly the same set of circumstances and you'd act differently so you wouldn't have done what you did a year ago then if you'd act differently today then you are holding yourself accountable for someone else's mistakes because you're not that person anymore you've grown from the experience you've evolved and you've changed so therefore you're kind of beating yourself up for something that you wouldn't do today like yes you can feel regretful that you did it in the past but mm. at some point you need to kind of let it go mm. so that, that's something that i found really really interesting and then i think like the third thing is like applying what you've learned so if you're ever in the same situation or a similar situation again I think the thing that like takes it from a, a regret to a lesson is actually putting yourself in that situation and acting differently and therefore like that's kind of you growing so I think if you reframe it like that it can be a positive thing that helps you grow as a person mm. as opposed to just a really negative emotion. Yeah. You said the word growing a lot back today. Yeah I mean I think that's the main way I think of it because um, otherwise it's just, you know, that's the positive, I think, that comes out of regret for me personally, because otherwise you're just making the same mistakes over and over and over again. So yeah. I think you have to change in order to for things to change, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's also why I said to George in this podcast, I said, when you go through negative moments and challenges in your life, it's up to you. It's up to you how you want to respond to that challenge. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't mean... I'll respond to it by being um what I said what I said I mean what I mean is you can choose to go through it go through horrible times try and not let it affect you in terms of how you are perceived around you that kind of thing where you can try and be accepting what, what's going on and kind of have your mindset change to be a bit more positive or as you just said you can choose to avoid it you can choose to just accept it's happened but not really processing it kind of being a bit as you said angry with the world angry with everything's going on and not really processing it and just avoiding it when you have that mindset that second one the latter you don't grow yeah you're just stuck i think yeah exactly and, mm. and challenging times are going to hit you in life no matter what mindset you have there's nothing that will, will stop that so it's just about you know dealing with it the best way you can and doing your best in that situation yeah, okay. There's a I, I watched a video ages ago. She's basically saying that um, when you're building your mental strength, mental resilience, when you're going through your life by you know, putting putting yourself in difficult situations, by looking after your mental health, things like that, and your physical health, you're doing that. So one day when you face the real challenges in your own life, you have built. You need all the mental strength you can muster. So by building it up beforehand as much yeah. as you can, when the challenging times hit you. That's when you can go, right, I, I'm going through a horrible time right now, but I still fully understand myself, who I am as a person, and I have my wits about me to not be so down heart negative or what's going on. I, can, I, know that I'll, I know that I'll grow from this. So you basically have all the tools under your belt to help you get through it type thing? I wouldn't say tools. You have the confidence. Yeah. The confidence that however you process it, however you go through it, however you deal with it, you'll come out of it the other side and you'll be okay no matter what okay means to you as in that you will be okay essentially yeah no that makes sense 
That begs my next question. Sorry, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> the next question for you is, uh, what has Rebecca learned about herself from her regrets? Um, if I give you a kind of example of myself, just to make it easier. I've written in notes. I am human. Yeah. This will hurt. Like, this will really hurt what you're going through. It's, you're, it's going to be difficult. My mate Neil, well, I think we went for my birthday meal three weeks after the breakup. Yeah, recently. He went to me. I remember this very clearly. He went to me, wing it will get worse. These next few months or year, whatever, it will get worse. You will have regrets, but you'll be okay. Yeah, so I, I think one thing I've learned from regrets is that it will hurt. The regrets yeah. that you've been through, you think, you think you've, not necessarily maybe you haven't done it, you think you've done, that you will never be able to reverse what you said, did or didn't do. And it's quite interesting, I think, what we said a second ago about avoidance and stuff, is like, I think some people's, you said fight or flight earlier, the, the amygdala. Some, mm-hmm. some people don't get triggered. So when they make a regret or they make a mistake, it doesn't trigger them. So they, they think, oh, I haven't done anything wrong here. I'm just, it's fine. Because they haven't, as you said, perhaps don't have that self-awareness to know they've made a regret or made a mistake. So to me, one thing I've learned about myself is that, as you said, I can recognize that I've made a mistake. I think that's half the battle, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you're someone who can't recognize that you've made a mistake, you'll, I think like the likelihood of you going on and you know continuing to make the same mistakes and hurt people it affects so much of your life so you know your relationships and things like that so i think actually having self-awareness is is like half the battle so it's good it's good even though regret feels horrible in the moment i think it's a good sign Mm. that you can um that you can you know deal with those kind of situations moving forward Mm. how about you bex what have you learned about yourself I think I've just learned, like, ha- like sounds really cringy, but I've learned how resilient that I actually, I actually am. Mm. I think I used to like feel that it sounds really silly, but I'm someone that when I'm really, I cry a lot. Like, so when I'm stressed or if someone's horrible to me, like, or mean to me, I either, I, there's like two options. I either get really angry and I, I shout, which I don't do very much, or I cry because mm. I have to let it out somehow or I go to the gym but <laughs> <laughs> throw some weights around yeah, yeah. but normally I cry um, and I used to like mistake mistake crying for being weak and I think my mum always used to say to me oh you're such a sensitive soul because my mum my used to say that I'm she said oh you know you're really emotionally intelligent so you're very in touch you know with your own emotions but as a result I'm in touch with other people's emotions as well so I think I used to like see me crying as being a weak person but I think I realized that it's got nothing to do with that and I'm actually really strong and I whatever life throws at me I will I will come out the other side yeah so I think that's what it's taught me really yeah I think crying is a strength as well 100% 100% it's people that don't recognize crying it's always I always, I always say it's kind of like the idea of when you think you're strong you're weak when you yeah. think, when you think you're weak you're strong if you don't recognize crying is the strength then you're weak I don't mean literally. I mean, like, you don't have that emotional intelligence, as you said, to understand that being able to show, not weakness, vulnerability. Yeah. Is a massive sign that you are someone who's in touch with your emotions and is quite a resilient person. I still can't believe that someone told you to man up. <laughs> but we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> we'll about that. Yeah, okay. I, also think, I also think, like, I learned to treat myself better um it's, it's easier said than done i mean like you know when i go from doing these podcasts i'm learning a lot about myself and kind of you know 
still understanding myself like even now i'm being critical of myself a little bit now of when i react to things sometimes you know um i think with regrets i think there's nothing worse than losing respect for yourself at the end of the day where you've kind of as i said earlier disrespected yourself so when <sighs> it's so difficult isn't it? like with regret and stuff when you make a mistake to someone and it kind of leads to like a loss of friendship or, or a breakup whatever i don't think there's anything worse than someone else thinking that you're not good enough or that you're that they've lost respect for you and yeah. so when that happens i just think to myself right women you've made a massive mistake here you will learn to be better as you've as we discussed a lot on this episode you will learn to be better as a person and as you said the person you were the person who you criticized yourself for a year ago is not the same person as you are now and i think i've learned so much that you should treat yourself better you all make mistakes catastrophic we will make catastrophic mistakes as well that's that's yeah. that, that and when i say mistakes i don't mean like stuff like oh you left a milk count it's gone, it's gone <laughs> off. i mean like big mistakes in your life you know and you give an example of one yeah uh, earlier we we can make catastrophic mistakes you know but at the end of the day you just understand as you said that perhaps you can see the positive in that perhaps you can see that you will grow as a person that you won't be the same person the core of you will still be the same but you've learned to be better and as you've said you learn to be more emotionally intelligent yeah definitely uh next question bex uh i think we've already uh, discussed this quite a bit actually uh would rebecca change any of her regretful experiences in life obviously we discussed about obviously your dad and stuff but just generally you know would you change anything in particular you know or, or generally even yeah, I mean, like, it's so easy to look back with hindsight and say, oh, I wish I hadn't done this, or I wish I hadn't treated, you know, this person a certain way. So, yeah, there's, def there's definitely, definitely regrets I have, and I wish I'd acted differently, because, you know, I look back at, at certain things, and I cringe, and I think, oh, you know, like, you let yourself down here. But mm. I think I regret it in the sense that, you know, I have that feeling of, almost like guilt and shame but like it I don't regret it in the same sense that I think it's allowed me to grow moving forward so I don't know in my relationships for example like I've learned to be a lot more selfless you know a lot more compassionate so had I not have maybe got things wrong in previous relationships I wouldn't have been able to be you know the partner that I am today so I yeah. think it's really really easy to beat yourself up but I think as long as you're learning from it I think, you know, you still need to try and look at it as a positive. I've written here that you said a second ago, being the partner you are today. I think it's better way to better way saying that is being the person you are today rather than a partner. I mean, it's for, it's for yourself as well. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I think also, like, if I look back at my life, like, I, yeah, I think I do. I think I do have multiple regrets, actually, in terms of, like, how I have treated people in my life sometimes. You know, sometimes I haven't been that great or I've been a bit insecure or let my emotions get to me but then like I think it's important that you hold yourself accountable and responsible for those regrets and mistakes you have to look at yourself and it's so important I think I don't really think about the specs I put this in capitals so you see do not blame anyone else yeah it's so hard isn't it you always try and blame someone else you try and say this person led me to react in this way <laughs> yeah this circumstance led me to react in this way what you said about someone saying to you about, oh, it'll all be okay, and you were angry. And like, you, could, you could have said, oh, that person made me think in that way, be a bit angry. But then in the end, it's so hard to say, right, give me an example. Like, perhaps 
I am angry in my life at this moment, and that's why I've reacted angrily. It's so hard to blame yourself, isn't it? It's so, uh, yeah, it's so hard to kind of blame yourself and kind of not blame anyone else, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I think sometimes you need to just be like, okay, I messed up. And like, and a lot of the time that you feel that regret, it is because like deep down your gut is saying, like, you messed up. You didn't act with like your values or you mm. let yourself down or, you know. So yeah, it's really difficult, but like, you definitely need to own it because otherwise you don't learn. But, um, I, I definitely like, I definitely like that. I'm one of the most stubborn people that like I've met in the sense that like me and Jack always joke about this, but I find it really hard to say sorry. So like, if I do something wrong, unless I really, really mean it, I just really struggle to say sorry. I'll always have, Oh, but I, but I said this because you did this or. And sometimes he has to say to me, Rebecca, just stay sorry. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, she, she brought out the Rebecca. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's mysterious. Oh. I think I was second ago, I said to you, didn't I? I said to you that um, when you said better partner for Jack, that I said you should see it as better person. As in, it's not just about um, being a partner for Jack, it's about for yourself as well. It's really important. Meditations brought this up for me as well. It's like, when you become a better, more rounded, compassionate kind person other people can see it too i mean i would say that in this in that sense i i can be quite emotionally intelligent as to how i see people like i know you that like, i knew from the beginning what kind of person you're like because i can just see it and i think when you become a better more compassionate person you're not just doing it for yourself as you just said if your partner you're doing it for your friends you're doing it for your family too so when you become more compassionate etc when you're more kind to yourself other people can see it and i think it's really important yeah no i agree it's like that kind of saying that you know the kind of energy you put out is the kind of stuff you get in like i definitely feel like i i i've made a conscious effort to you know to be a better friend and stuff lately since i've started trying to prioritize my friends and my family and people i care about but yeah, people have even, people have said to me, like, oh, you know, you definitely seem to be in a more positive place. And, you know, like, and even, like, though I can tell that people have, like, seen that I've changed, I feel like that even that triggers regret because I'm like, oh, God, I must have been such a rubbish friend before. I was so self-absorbed mm. that people say, oh, thank you for taking the time out. So I don't know. I just feel like it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. But, yeah, people people do notice it, I think, when uh, when you make those changes. Do you think it's just like almost just not knowing any better, do you think? Or, or, or even or worse? As in like the reason why perhaps you weren't as what you said, emotionally intelligent back then as you are now is because you didn't know you could be. Yeah, I, it's a difficult one. Like it's really hard to put, point my finger on it. But I think I like a lot of the time I just, I think, and it's really hard to like, to admit this but I think I just like because I was so stressed I'd use like work or you know stress that I was going through as an excuse not to be there for other people because I was like you know when you're you know when you're under that much pressure and you just find it all consuming yeah. I think I think the thing that I really struggled with and the reason I have regret is because I knew what being a good friend did look like but yeah. I'd become so wrapped up in my own problems that I didn't feel like I had the capacity to be a good friend to anyone because I felt like, well, my life's falling apart. I can't be there for anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's where a lot of my regret came from. But, you know, I feel like now I'm in a bit of a better place. 
I can kind of make up for some of that lost time where I haven't necessarily been there and be there for my friends who might be going through a hard time when things have calmed down for me. So I think it's all give and take and peaks and troughs. What put you in that better place, Bex? Was it like a light switch? (sighs) It's difficult. Like, I think, you know, like I said, that kind of, that kind of realization I had with, you know, my dad and me prioritizing the wrong things. I'd be lying if I said, oh, there was just something that switched in my head and I was like this, you know, compassionate, lovely person the next day. Like, I definitely wasn't. I was like, I felt like completely broken and like stuck Mm. in my own grief for a very long time. But I think, I think the thing that really helped me was like, I didn't actually realize how amazing my friends were and how many lovely people there were in the world until that happened. And the amount of overwhelming support I got from even like, you know, you and Jenna and things like that, it was just, it really touched me. And I just thought, oh my God, these people like really care. And I just, I think like people being so kind to me Mm. made me realize that like I want to be, I want to be that person for other people too. And I think it made me more compassionate and empathetic towards other people. So going through hard times, you know, it does can have unexpected positives because you realize when you're in your worst place, how when people are there for you, you want to do the same. Yeah. So you would say a regretful, difficult period in your life propelled you for the better. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Final question for you. Uh, (laughs) So this podcast is called, Growing your peace of mind. Uh, it came from came from Alex Hitchcock, but in re- uh, more recently, it came from I watched um, Oprah Winfrey's interview with Adele. I'm not sure if you oh. watched that. Um, and Oprah Winfrey said what you said actually that when you know what you want, you gravitate that towards you. As you said, you know, when you're more compassionate, you gravitate that kind of friendship, families, you know, relationships towards you. Uh, and she, uh, Oprah asked Adele, "What do you really want in life?" And in my mind, I thought Adele. If this was me, I'd say peace. Right? <laughs> and Adele then said, peace of mind. I was like, oh, Adele, come on. Yes, Adele. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, Adele. <laughs> so that's, um, that was kind of, a, that was a big propeller for me, actually, to kind of really look at this podcast. I thought, oh, you know what? It's not enough of a bad idea. But, you know, so that's kind of for me, like, not mantra, but something I'm learning about in life, having, being at peace with myself, my mind yeah. in particular, and being at peace with, you know, where I am in my life and things I go through and stuff. So in the context of, to you, in the context of regret, and obviously asking to add grief here as well, but you know, it's generally regret, what kind of gives you peace of mind, you know, and the opportunity to kind of say, it's okay to feel regret. It's okay to kind of reframe regret for the better. As you said also before, uh, previously, it's okay to also not reframe regret. It's okay to live with that disappointment within yourself, that, sadness that anger in yourself knowing that you can't take it back knowing that you can't uh change things for the better knowing that it's been done you know what kind of gives you that peace of mind to kind of say whatever mistakes i make in life that it is what it is i'll be better and hopefully i can see it in a more compassionate way oh it's a really hard question but um a good one um i think for me uh probably just like i said before like knowing that you know you will make mistakes you will mess up because people are imperfect but you know as long i am doing the best that i can um in each situation and 
continue growing as a person then you know that's all you can do like do your best with the hand you're dealt and you can't really ask for much more I think other people's opinions don't really matter that much at the end of the day it's what you kind of think of yourself and as long as you're acting you know in a way that aligns with your values and stuff I think you can't really go too wrong yeah as long as you said what as long as you think of yourself not highly but what as long as you do things in your life that align with how you think of yourself then you'll kind of have that kind of mental resilience i suppose right yeah exactly because i mean you're you're the person who has to kind of look at yourself in the mirror you know every day so as long as you're okay with how you're acting and you know deep down in your gut i think that brings you a lot of peace yeah yeah it's it's i i heard a quote like the only person you you spend the rest of your life with is you yeah it's so true yeah i think that's that's definitely a more eloquent way of saying what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) no i think you've been very eloquent this episode thanks i'm gonna worry about that (laughs) (laughs) well no you listen back to it and you'll you'll learn a lot of things about yourself i think because i I learn a lot of things about myself when i listen to my podcast episodes and I think you will as well. I think you. You listen back to your episodes, by the way. I was. Yeah, I, I did. I did it. Um, I did it very recently. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it was after the sixth episode. I just thought, wing, wing. Have a listen back. I'm just have a listen back, and uh, I just, it, 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 I just like. Oh, I hit, first of all, I hit my voice. Everyone <laughs> oh, hates their voice. Yeah, yeah. I was, also, I was also like, my guests were really good. I did all right. I, I managed to get a lot out of them. I managed to talk to them, and it was actually. Um, uh, someone at the firm uh, said to me, "Wing, the fact that they're so willing to open up to you as well." I was like, "Yeah, there's there's a nice thing to take away from it." So that that's what triggered me to listen back. Like, oh. yeah, I listened back. I thought, "Yeah, I wish." You, yeah, they, they did open up like quite a lot, and so, so, like you have today, you know, like you have today. So thank you, Bex. Thank you. That's very welcome. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, thanks for talking to me so late. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. My pleasure. No, Bex, you did really well. Uh, I think you listened back, and you'll be very proud of yourself. I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think final words for me is that I'm glad that your dad's a Man United fan. It's the only really <laughs> so glad. It's just, so glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Also, took you to your first game as well. That was quite fun. I know that was a, that was a big moment for me, and we won. So you know, couldn't have asked for much more. Yeah, I still have the video of you walking to the <laughs> I still have the video. So it was great. Yeah. Oh, as long as it wasn't me with my cheated onion pasty. <laughs> right, best. Any uh, any last words, best? Any last words? No, no, nothing from me. Mm. Well, just for me, Bex, just saying, as I said, a second ago, you know, just, yeah, well done. Uh, I've taken, I've written a lot of notes, actually, from what you've said today. Um, I think the most, and uh, look at these notes, I think you said a lot of things, like, quite personally about, you know, your dad and stuff. But what I sense from you is that on a general basis, you can look at life a bit more positively now. Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely do. Yeah, perfect. And that is the perfect way to end the episode. So, Thank you so much, Bex. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in a few weeks' time. See you in a few weeks. Bye. All right. Thanks, Bex. Bye-bye-bye. All right. Well, what up, Bex? Uh, She was great, you know, as I knew she would be. Uh, As I said in the episode, like, sometimes I just have that gut feeling when I know someone is, you know, kind compassionate etc and when i got to know bex you know whilst you know my time with her at work i had that sense that i could see that in her like i'm being a compassionate person and 
I suppose that's kind of all you want in life really, isn't it? You know, like to be able to give others and yourself compassion and to receive compassion from your friends as well. Um, I didn't actually mention this to Bex, but I think in terms of regret, I think it's important that you perhaps, you, the other person knows when you're regretful about something, about something you said or you didn't say or didn't do. I think that if the other person kind of can recognize how regretful remorseful you are it's really important so they can kind of look at you and say yeah i understand you're feeling regretful i understand you made a mistake and i won't try and hold it against you because we can talk about it etc so i think who in terms of who you've made your regret to is also really important beck said a few pieces of gold as always um which i'm listed here number one the fact that with regret there is that feeling and belief that you have let yourself down as a person so not necessarily the person Number two, it is okay not to succeed. Number three, forgive yourself. Number four, regret is necessary to grow. Number five, do not avoid the regrets you have in your life. Number six, you have grown as a person and can let go of who you were, how you acted in the past. Number seven, and the final one, the compassion that Beck did receive from her friends during the difficult times in her life propelled her to also become more compassionate and more kind to her friends and family as well. Uh, I'll leave you to ponder in particular on that last piece of gold that Beck said. So thank you everyone uh, for listening to this podcast and thank you again to Beck for coming on and well there won't be that many episodes uh, now going forward but yeah I'll see you, hear you or not hear you in the next episode.